Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. My name is Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And we are hunkered down, still podcasting, never stop podcasting. <laughs> still in the Shitty Christians bunker uh, with our Pureflix subscriptions <laughs> and the 24-hour looping replay of A Walk to Remember. Yeah, people have been asking me to stop watching that so much because of the... It's not the amount that you watch it, it's the way you watch it. <laughs> I've been told that my moans are becoming too much for the neighbors. Uh if there's any <laughs> i can't uh we have no neighbors we're like 200 feet underground right now we're deep in a bunker we're uh, my eating. moans transcend the bunker is what uh, i'm being told <laughs> every meal is communion like, <laughs> it's a really special when you time, eat christ right? all day you never get full you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying so what do we have to talk about this week yeah Michael? so there's a couple things we're going to be doing one we're finally going to be taking some time to get to all of the very kind messages that uh, many of you have sent us oh wow uh, yeah uh we have been trying to do this segment for a couple weeks now, and between <laughs> technical snafus and lost audio and having guests on, we just haven't been able to do mm-hmm. it. So we're really excited to get to that, because uh, you people are smarter than us and have interesting stories, and it's really way better for us if we're not the ones that are doing the talking, frankly. But before that, we have a very special moment Yes, in the Christian world. A event that happens only ever so often, every so often, a a conjunction of the spheres, so to speak, (laughs) where a piece of media becomes so important in the world and so uh, inescapable Mm -hmm. that Christians are forced to reckon with it in a way that, by and large, I think mainstream evangelical culture is often just content to avoid. Oh, yeah. And so I, I remember this happened most clearly in my childhood with The Matrix. Like, The yes. Matrix was so inescapable, yes. so genre-defining, so uh, culturally monolithic, and playing in so many fields of religious thought and philosophy. Well, yeah, I mean... And... Go ahead. Uh, it had all the violence but no sex, which is the perfect ratio for, like, okay, it's all right to watch this R-rated movie. This thing is Showgirls from 1995, (laughs) the classic Elizabeth Brinkley film. That's like the third or fourth reference to Showgirls that we've done on this podcast. What's going on with us? It's an important film. (laughs) Clearly, clearly it was important to us. No, this is the Tiger King. The The Tiger King? Or is it just Tiger King? It's a bona fide hit. It's number one on Netflix. It's Gay of Thrones. When everyone is mandatorily being told by law to stay home and watch netflix <laughs> like it is overtaken everyone i know oh yeah uh, we have watched it yeah my wife has watched it you know we have a lot to say about this show but it needs to be acknowledged it, it is deeply compelling yeah uh, no i mean i i listen there's we're gonna get into some of the uh the issues yeah, uh, we don't even have to spend, I think, time like no. sort of talking about what Tiger King is because fuck you if you haven't watched it. You probably have reasonable moral concerns. How dare you? <laughs> I don't like people with reasonable moral concerns. Yeah, that is not the premise of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think at times it was, you know, just really gorgeous. You know, Joe beautifully Exo- shot, straight beautifully up, beautifully shot. Joe Exotic is a person who just seems out of myth and legend. And some of that is questionable, of course. But he's also super interesting. Yeah, you know, he's he, a self-made myth, but a myth nonetheless. Yeah, he, he is a sort of like gay, gun-toting redneck who has a sort of kind of zoo or sats zoo in the middle of Oklahoma with hundreds of tigers and who runs for the, for the Libertarian Party in Oklahoma. You uh, know, he is... 
fascinating and at times beautiful and tragic and at other times cruel and manipulative. And the thing that was best about it is just accidentally or not, at times it would really capture the humanity, particularly of Joe Exotic and the sort of full complement of his flaws and talents. Yeah, at its best, I think it did a pretty good job with uh, the other workers at uh, mm-hmm. Joe Exotics. I'm going to say in heavy quotation marks, zoo, you know, <laughs> breeding arena, uh, you know, exploitation factory. Like what we can Oof. think of other words for it. But uh, at its best, Joe and the people that he worked that worked for him mm-hmm. uh, got to be. Uh, deeply human and and yeah and it came through that i i think less joe but especially the people that work for him mm-hmm. really cared for those cats even in this limited capacity mm-hmm. most of them came from like really uh challenging backgrounds yes and they had found in this something to care for mm-hmm. and uh and the tragedy of that is that there was a lot of exploitation that went into that uh, both of the cats and of those people that's right uh, and maybe even potentially of joe exotic dun 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 <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, what begins as a tale of Joe becomes the story of the conflict between Joe, a big cat breeder, and Carol Baskins, a uh, ersatz big cat rescuer. Yes. And it sort of spirals up from social media backlash to threats to legal action to a potential attempted murder threat, which is where the show kind of leaves off with Joe in jail. For, uh, That's right. For uh, for uh, arguably attempting to pay someone to kill Carol and... A uh, big part of the years, though, he took were for killing big cats. Yes, absolutely. even though they, they got him on basically inarguable. All of these people do that exactly. So, like, uh, they got him on the technicality. Like, this was this was the tax fraud of yeah. of his crimes. Uh, that like, you know, they got him on killing these big exotic animals, but potentially he was just putting down sick animals, which is not necessarily okay because how and why did they get sick? And right. you know, there's a lot to get into. We're not going to do that here. No. Uh, I think what we are going to do, though, is talk a little bit about the making of Tiger King. Yeah, so... Because I think it's a really important lens for understanding a show that, again, we got a lot out of. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the director of Tiger Yeah, King. the director is a gentleman by the name of Eric Good. And you don't know who Eric Good is, but Eric Good is a gentleman worth tens of millions of dollars who owns hotels and restaurants. I don't trust anyone with the last name Good. Mm-hmm. And one of, my, no. one of my wife's good friends has the last name Good. But no, don't don't tell me that you're Good. Don't trust her? Don't put that in the name. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and so... Mr. Believable. <laughs> Hero man. And Eric, believe it or not, is not really paying his workers during the coronavirus, even though yeah. he's worth tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, he, he owns hotels and restaurants. And now is going to be making millions of dollars from netflix yeah he's already a multi multi-millionaire he he has money outside of the film industry yep. and so now this guy who is who has made his money off of hotels and restaurants which notoriously underpay their workers oh yeah uh and now this guy this multi-millionaire gets to go i think you put it best as on a safari you unavoidable subtext if you look into this at all is that this is pitched as a safari where you'll get to see some big cats, but that's not all. Yeah, it's not just the and cats. And it's not a coincidence that you have this like literal coastal elite with tens with a real estate and business empire uh, making this story when other people had already tried to tell it. And he's the one who, of course, gets to bring it home. It comes across, particularly in hindsight, a little grosser that this guy with tons of money is coming in while there's people here making $100 a week getting um, maimed by big cats summering in poverty 
That's right. Uh, and and going on going on his little tail uh, trophy hunting totally amidst problems that he could solve with the wave of his hand. I, th- oh, I think exactly. there is, and and when you say like the subtext of exploitation or maybe like the carnival mm. show element yeah. of this of like oh look at all these crazy people like it's the fucking tagline. It's murder, oh, yeah. mayhem, and madness. Like this is predicated on the idea that like you are going to get to see some chaos and some people that are like mentally unwell and like that is sort of baked into the pitch is look at all these wild crazy people and that's different than the reality which is like look at all these people that found something in the midst of really challenging circumstances or struggling with addiction or choose to try to live larger than any human being should be in the case of joe um and also look at these people's great misdeeds like that is all present in the show as well that's right uh but it's not how it's pitched and it's not how it's sold and and for me like knowing a little bit about that that Mm. guy and especially knowing that like oh you make a point of talking about how little uh joe's employees make and their terrible working conditions and i think that's an important point to make totally But like you sure didn't fucking stand up for your people yeah and he yeah i found the buzzfeed news article he laid off a bunch of workers at his suite of trendy manhattan hotels and restaurants he's actually worth hundreds of millions because he sold what no, because I'm shocked to hear it's even more than we yeah, thought. Because he sold an interest in a property last year making $60 million and still currently owns upscale restaurants and hotels, including the Bowery, the Jane Hotel, and the Waverly Inn. Ugh. And so he has been laying people off and not paying them, even though he's Fucking worth hell, man. probably hundreds of millions. That incredibly upsetting. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he has the gall to shame Joe Exotic, who, granted, is a bad dude. But, does but like things. is just as bad as he is on a business level. Eric Good, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I none of this means you shouldn't watch the show. No. But like I, I it did leave me more conflicted than maybe I started, mm-hmm. as well as the fact that like people's actual lives are being plotted as reality TV. Yeah. And, and the great moments tend to be the quieter ones or the beautifully mm-hmm. framed ones, but like the plotting of this thing is very much like, whoa. Like yeah. yeah. That always felt a little icky. But with that said, we're not here to talk about our takes on the Tiger King. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, we saw it. What we're trying to get at is that this is a very complicated work. Yes. It is both deeply compelling and human and incredibly exploitative. There's a lot going on here, <laughs> which is why it's so funny when uh, Christian punditry has to try to step <laughs> up to the plate of this really beguiling uh, oh, piece yeah. of media. Mm-hmm. And just try to shoot take after take at it. <laughs> Never do you get just a whole breadth of like mm-hmm. Christians encountering this thing that is violent and profane and, and, and you know, has all of the things. These are their words, not mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they say the fucks <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the S dash T's. <laughs> they have to do the... The P dash 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 D. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny. To watch them step into this plate. And I think we've done a good job of sort of compiling a smattering mm-hmm. yes. of those reviews that sort of speak to all the different angles that Christians like to take on this stuff. Well, Christians can only bring a fell board to a gunfight. That's <laughs> <laughs> all they can do. Yeah. We want to start out with a friend of the show, Bruce Ashford. This is a returning to our favorite segment on Shitty Christians. Bruce <laughs> Ashford kind of sucks at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Original title for the podcast. Bruce 
<laughs> watched Tiger King. I would pay any amount of money to have been in his house with him when he watched this. I hope that, you know, as all these like academic institutions mm-hmm. are struggling with like online classes and how we're going to make ends meet, I hope that Bruce gets to auction off like watch Gladiator with me to help raise funds for Southeastern. Oh, well, because here's... then that is when we will do the GoFundMe <laughs> for shitty Christians so that we can get in there. Yeah, the Patreon starts that day. Exactly. By the way, if you watch Gladiator with Bruce Ashford, you watch his face, his lips move silently with every line of dialogue. Oh, absolutely. Like, him watching Gladiators, my wife watching The Office. Like, it, you know, you could turn it off and he'd never notice. He'd just be <laughs> sitting in a chair reciting Gladiator to himself. <laughs> Love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he means Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I mean both. <laughs> so what so, what was Bruce's take yeah, on this, Michael? Bruce hopped on Twitter for those hot takes. Yep. I'm on episode three of Tiger King. There is not a single, period. There is not a single normal person on in the show, period. Am I right or am I right? Question mark. Uh... Listen, it's not the worst take I've seen, but God, like if you were stepping up to a play, and he, at this point he's, he's watched multiple hours with these people, and if your take is like, <laughs> they are not normal. Well, like, I just, I wonder, what does Bruce expect? Bruce is definitely, here's the thing, Bruce watches a lot of HGTV. He spends a lot of time with normies, he, or think, people he thinks are normal. Bruce, let me tell you something, buddy. <laughs> you are worse than every single person in Tiger King. Oh, without without a without a Which doubt. Which potentially includes murderers. <laughs> uh, definitely includes a dude running a sex cult. Oh, definitely yeah. Definitely includes another dude <laughs> using baby tigers to exploit women for sex and whose titular character is potentially exploiting straight men with addiction to drugs in order to marry them. Bruce, you are worse <laughs> than these people. All of these people are more human than you. All of these people are more honest <laughs> than you. Not one of them is trying to front in the ways that you were trying to front, except maybe that Vegas douchebag. I forget his name. Oh, I fucking uh, hate that guy. But Bruce, you khaki ass pervert. Yeah, you <laughs> you aspire to Joe Exotic Tree. <laughs> uh, it really speaks to what this man wants. Yeah. What does he want? He wants his definition of normal. Well, yeah, it, it's fash. It's, it's it's, it goes back, it's boring to say, but it goes back to fashion. No one should be different than me. Yeah, and this show might exploit these people, but the thing that I felt, and I think that uh-huh. a lot of people felt, is empathy. Yeah. With a lot of the people in these positions, because they are often desperate positions. And so for Bruce to saunter in and be like, well, this shit ain't normal. It's like, well, yeah, it's fuck like, okay, you, man. I, just one small example. Yes. Joe Exotic, in many ways, is a villain. But Joe Exotic shows so much more humanity and warmth towards poor people that he's exploiting Bruce Ashford ever has. Joe Exotic is like out there and getting people at the bus stop and and like trying to like give them a job. And granted, to give them they're a job. bad jobs and you shouldn't have, but like he is, tra- he like feeds people on Thanksgiving that don't have anything. Yep. He has people show up to feed, the, uh, do a big meal on Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, he's outside crying because he just lost one of his, you know, sundry husbands. That's right. And uh, like Bruce Ashford has never done one good thing in his fucking life for an actual poor person. Joe Exotic is out here broken, trying yeah. to help people and trying to exploit people and doesn't know which sometimes. He is so much more... An, bear, an image bearer of God than Bruce Ashford ever has yeah. been. You know where Joe Exotic would never show the fuck up? At a fucking Young Republicans meeting. Uh, no. Why would he do that? Yeah. Uh, so, Bruce, with all due respect, <laughs> you're showing your ass here a bit. I know we've never said that to you <laughs> in any form or context. Also, you're welcome on the pod anytime. That's right. Yeah, no. Love can't. to have you on. 
excited excited at a certain point we we have to kiss right (laughs) (laughs) the only way this ends if we all three get married (laughs) and then put one of those like penis locks that joe exotic has at the end of his penis a chastity penis a chastity (laughs) chastity penis that's what you have zach (laughs) (laughs) to be fair that's what all christian men are given (laughs) you know girls get purity rings men get chastity penises (laughs) And they throw them in the trash almost as quickly as those pledge cards. (laughs) But the next take, it's a little bit closer to something. The first real take that we want to look at beyond bad Twitter shots fired (laughs) uh, is what I'm going to call the half right take. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so this came from the National Catholic Register. Uh, It is written by Jamie Manson, who is... Uh, as Marilyn described- Manson's wife. True story. True story. <laughs> Don't, Don't look Google into that, that any further. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, we're cornering our fake news segment of the podcast. Uh, so Jamie Manson uh, worked at Yale Divinity School. Mm. She headed up their publishing arm for a while. She is one one of, according to her Twitter, the only out LGBT. Uh, member of the sort of like national Catholic discourse. And so... Not after Francis hears about it. <laughs> she is she is like the only like gay woman Catholic, just like Chris on the circle is like the, the gay Mexican the gay Christian. Christian. Mexican. Yeah. Uh, very special niche. But she, she I think, has kind of an interesting tape because she, mm. I th- she says, Tiger King reveals the symptoms of our own soul sickness. Eh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but... She says, like, Tiger King is a pornography of everything that is wrong with the United States right now. Greed and stupidity run amok. Drug abuse in economically depressed areas. The commodification and exploitation of nature. A fetishization of guns and ammo. And the glorification of narcissistic sociopathic personalities. All right. Yeah, so... I don't hate that as much as I expected. Yeah, exactly. Like, I started reading this being like, oh, the National Catholic Register is going to say some shit. (laughs) And I still, like, I think the use of the word pornography in that context is a little uh, dismissive of maybe... It's a little judgy. Yeah, it's just it, that's why it's a half right take is right. because it's it's it, it only sees the bad parts of this thing totally. when in fact there are both but like she's not wrong to identify that a fetishization of guns and ammo literally leads to a man's death in yeah. the course of this you know show mm-hmm. or that uh drug abuse in economically depressed areas is a huge issue that the show acknowledges but never really dives into totally uh, commodification and exploitation of nature is the text of the film like the animals yeah, always maybe get it's most powerful thing um Maybe it's most powerful argument. Yeah. And then she has like uh, a really interesting pivot in this uh, to Corona. <laughs> and As everything must in 2020. Yeah, and, and I will say. I just like stopped reading the news outside of this pod because I'll be like trying to read about like something random. Like fucking like. I'll be like trying to like read about like Soviet car production. I swear to God, and lo- somehow it will. Why t- did you have to go Soviet for your random thing? We already get called communists all the time. <laughs> because car production. Oh, never mind. I'm not. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. I have. T- I have interests. I don't have to I explain have t- myself t- to you. <laughs> and they'll somehow relate to Corona. I can't even fucking read anymore, man. Yeah, it, it it is totalizing in a way that both is an acknowledgement of how much it's affecting all of our lives mm. and is frankly fucking exhausting. But it, she's not wrong to point out that these things debuted at the same time. Right, so she, uh, she pivots to Corona. She pivots to Corona. She explains Venmo, which is great. She's just like <laughs> it, very much an acknowledgement of the p- group of people that she's writing for in the National Catholic Register. I had to explain to somebody the other day that Venmo and PayPal are just the same thing. 
which was a reverse. <laughs> like they knew what Venmo was, but we're a little, a little bit less sure about PayPal. And then the appeal of this theater of the grotesque may say more about our character than it does the characters it depicts. We are squandering time on a series that does little more than seek gratification from the brokenness of some very damaged people. Only the tigers endure more exploitation. Huh. Which is actually a really solid way, I think, to bring it home. I agree. Like, no, that's good. She is identifying a thing. Again, I think she's half identifying it. Yeah, I think of course. she's not acknowledging the humanity but she was very clearly like saying something that i didn't hear from a lot of people which is that this this is about exploitation of broken people yeah and the animal it's so interesting how it's all the way down yeah the exploitation you know every person you identified when we were watching as we watched this together because we do everything together just so our yeah. listeners just to be clear yeah. uh we have been handcuffed to, since we started this podcast 24 <laughs> 7 it's it's where we get our funding from. The Koch brothers insisted on it <laughs> yeah, they... because we're trying to take down Biden. Handcuffed to each other, and, yeah. <laughs> we're getting that sweet Coke money. So, <laughs> but you you point this out that everyone's running a grift on each other, and even and, and you know, like we said, even with the director, that's even a grift. Like every single thing from the making of it to every person depicted in it, it's running a grift. Yeah. And so she does, she, she correctly does point that out. Well, and she, she specifically, I think, takes the lens off of them. Yeah. And, and, and maybe rightly situates it on what does it mean to, like, get mm-hmm. entertainment from this thing. Right. Um, you know, if you want mm-hmm. a good Christian take, look to the gay Catholics. That's what I have to say about that. It's as close as you're going to get to a legitimate Christian take. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Amen. Then we have what is in many ways my personal favorite. Uh, and this is what is known as the listicle. This You're is, a big fan of listicles. Uh, this is the plugged-ins of the world. Uh, the people that take it upon themselves to encounter a piece of media and then tell you exactly how many of each individual curse word were in it. And I love the listing so much. It's, it's so, so fetishized. Bizarre. It's, it's so fetishized. And I grew up with this. Oh, like, me too. I had plugged me in too. magazine delivered <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. to our home. You were deeper than me. Yeah. So my mom used this as a guide for what I could and couldn't mm-hmm. watch. And often, yeah. especially in like the early years of high school, mm-hmm. it was... Hey mom, I want to go see this movie. Okay, pull it up on Plugged In, and we'll take a look and see what <laughs> see what there is to see. Sexual content, positive content, violent content, and it just it is bizarrely intricate. What in I love, how much it, it, it it's kind of Christian Mister Skin. It's like, do you want to see boobs and bush on minute thirty four? Yeah, or do Don't. you just want to know exactly how many of them there are because you were just somehow obsessed? I you know personally, I think I think Plugged In is a grift too. I think they have found a way in the Christian pantheon <laughs> to be the people that get to watch every fucking movie, mm-hmm. all the shit that they would be convicted about otherwise, right, right. all the all the like Game of Thrones. Oh, I get there's boobs in it. I can't watch that. But no, they have to watch it so they can tell all the other Christians the number of nipples. I'm really excited for them to get into their uh, porn review segments. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> they're like. Uh, like, listen, Brazzers feels exploitive, but at least it's all purely hetero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the posit- in positive content, it's hetero. all just dude on girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, incest, but only step. <laughs> uh, so just from the Tiger King review, they actually take a break. And I, I looked at their movie reviews. Most of them still list like five S words, 17 F words. Mm-hmm. But this one just says, we hear the F and S word multiple times, as well as <laughs> P-S-S, 
B dash C H. It's just one dash, Bur- but they're birch. using they're using birch, 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 birch B. Yeah, exactly. Birch they're using one dash for multiple letters. Like that's gonna throw you off the scent. <laughs> like, but you're also supposed to kind of know what they mean. Yeah, A dash and H dash. There are also several misuses of God in Jesus' name. This is my favorite part. Someone jokes about urination. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a real concern for parents Evidently, out there? People insult one another. Keep in mind, this is under objectionable content. Joe calls his deceased brother an angel. Oh, come on. That's so mean. That's so deeply unkind. One of the purest things about Joe is his relationship to his brother. he actually cares about his brother. And like the idea that, oh, well, you know, that's not what angels are. So we need to put that in the negative context. Just sort of reveals the whole thing. He's being figurative. I mean, he could be being literal. It doesn't matter. Joe... Joe gets to believe that his brother's an angel. Like, I don't Joe's care. Joe's brother might be an angel. Yeah, fuck, fuck off. Fuck you, Plugged In. Uh, it's, it's insufferable and it's super funny. And then they always try to synthesize it into some sort of thought about what this thing actually is. But it never yeah. goes anywhere because the only point of it is just to uh, list things out. It's, it's a measurement of what language is and what, it, you know, experiencing art is that is incredibly reductive to even the concept of art. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with this too. And, and, and pr- this is probably due for a larger segment. But just those sort of like Christian sort of like lines in the sand of like decapitating is cool. Nipples aren't cool. Uh, making... Except they're sexy man Mel Gibson nipples with a little bit of hair sticking out. Right. Like if you're watching... An... <laughs> All right, what? I did a manly man. <laughs> He's very manly. Or you're like, if you're watching Knight's Tale, it's it's fine that there's like, uh, oh, there's a guy, man's Chaucer butt. butt. There's yeah, there's Chaucer, Chaucer butt, butt but it's funny and it's a guy's butt. Yeah, so like, yeah. who cares? For comedy purposes. Yeah, it's it's no fun. eroticism. Nobody was ever attracted to Chaucer's butt. Yeah, and like their their relationship to language, you know, it's it's just all it's it's all very. It's, I, we should do a bigger thing yeah, on we it, should, but, it's, but it's, it's it's very it's, strange. It's media criticism in binary. It's just breaking things down to zeros and ones in a way that has no place. And I still have definitely get you know have been asked about this podcast like, could you guys need all the cursing? And I say, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, how did you get this number? That's right. And then my mom says, I what? That's right. uh, so that's that's plugged in. That's the listicle. I will say this is my final point for plugged in. Plugged in. I have a confession. I was I've so got deep. a confession to make. <laughs> <laughs> I was so deep down the Christian rabbit hole that your primary purpose for me was to expose me to media that I would not otherwise have known even existed. Like you are the reason <laughs> I knew what Blink 182 was. Oh, wow. Was because you were so offended by it. And even though you censored that sexy pinup nurse on the cover mm-hmm. of the album. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still found out about Blink-182 because of you plugged in. It was all because of you. Uh, You learned it. Yeah. You learned it from them. I learned it from reading you. That is hilarious. I don't think I knew that. Uh, Yeah. It was was very, very funny. Back on topic. So the next take. This is a little bit akin to the half-right take, but it's not quite half-right because it completely doesn't engage with the text at all. This is what I would like to call the Sunday school take. This is, yes. this is from a woman named Karen Swallow Pryor. She's at Southeastern. She, just, she was at Liberty for 20 years. She's kind of a bit of an academic star in the evangelical world in that she reads non-Christian books sometimes. She has a Twitter where she calls herself the Notorious KSP. That is unacceptable. I'm sorry. For an like, older I, white lady, never cool. 
Yeah, so Karen Swallow Pryor, I, I, I will say a couple good things about her because yes. I think it's important. She was part of the movement to remove Paige Patterson. Huge. She has been allied herself with victims of abuse in the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. And being a part of the yeah, being being part a, of it. Being a part of the conversation uh, and participating in it, I think that's like really valuable. So like, this is not a person, this is not our enemy. No, I, I've got no like, beef with Karen Swallow Pryor. But also, don't don't hit me with that notorious whatever shit. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I don't no. like it for this shit. Not about it. Yeah. No. When you're an old white lady, don't co-opt hip hop. She wrote an article called "Loving Our Tiger King Neighborhoods." <laughs> Tiger, loving our Tiger King neighbors. I think Joe had that handled. <laughs> and she write. I'm not even going to spend as much time on this as we did the other ones because what she mostly mostly does is a really boring take about how this is bread and circuses and it's distracting and blah blah blah. Sure. But at the end, she kind of she she does kind of a swerve. Oh. Where it gets interesting. And she writes, Perhaps Tiger King is a morality play of modern America in which crowds exchange a sense of responsibility for bread and circuses. So that's kind of the thesis for the article that we're not reading. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, isn't this just kind of loud and profane and like beneath us? No. Whatever. Go back to your Jane Austen. Yeah. Maybe. But this is where she does, the take takes off. And she goes for her last paragraph, quote, Although surrounded often by them, Jesus didn't play to the crowds <laughs> immediately. It's just like, uh, let me let me say how Jesus was different than Tiger King. She, continue, <laughs> she continues, he often retreated from them. Sometimes he healed them. He always taught them. The human condition is such that we cannot escape being part of the crowd. We can only decide which crowds we want to belong to. Instead of playing with the tigers, we need to be led by the lamb. Oh shit! You switched up the animals. <laughs> and this is this is the Sunday school take, or even you could even call the pastor Amelie take. I think because it does the classic thing of talking about a thing that is current, so people will be engaged to engage in no way with the actual yes. text at all. To it's, just say, but what about this Jesus fellow, yo? Yeah. Like, it, it is it is the backwards cap and turned around chair of the youth pastor. It totally, it's the it's the sneaky Jesus. Like, it's just talking <laughs> about something not at all connected and then just, Jesus, surprise Jesus. Now, Jesus granted, wasn't like it this. It surprised Jesus every time, so now Jesus is a little tired. He doesn't, like, pop out like he used to. He's just like, yeah, yeah. The you elastic's know, gone. Exactly. You gotta wind up Jesus again to really get him get him back but uh no it's uh it is it is it's not even villainous it's just lame yeah no it's it's just funny to me it's just funny it's just i have heard dozens of versions of this exact sermon oh yeah uh jesus owns the tigers on a thousand hills like you know like it's just it's it's always been there and it always will be and so that brings us to our final take the galaxy brain take so this kind of this kind of goes places. This is titled Joe Exotic's Gay Cage Sexuality. Is that the title of it? I don't know. You found the article. I think it is. <laughs> but I just reading it, I was like, holy you're shit. You're just like, you're shocked by this thing. <laughs> I'm shocked. I just want to confirm that. I think it is. It's just like, holy shit, that's bad. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not good. Okay, got it. I got it. I got it. Yep. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> We might have to keep that. You just being astounded by the thing that you found. Being gobsmacked by my own thing. 
Joe Exotic's Gay Cage Sexuality. It's written by a California Anglican priest named Steve Massius. He writes, the ne he, so he talks a little bit about Tiger King. This is an insufferably long article, so I'm going to yeah, jump don't around, worry about obviously. It. The Netflix docuseries, he writes, is a mix between Jerry Springer reality television and a call to protect animal rights. Two things I hate. <laughs> it is the strange place we are at in American culture, where the otherwise morally bankrupt offer absolute moral platitudes on the care and stewardship of creation. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'm also tired of the idea that people get something wrong, so how dare they mention the environment? Like, yeah, yeah. How, how dare they care? Fuck off. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone chimes in on the moral responsibilities in scare, in, in scare italics. Yeah. These animals are required of us, and therefore the great sin, we are told, it is to disorder or exploit them from their natural habitats and behaviors. It's basic to all of this that he writes is the idea that there exists a natural ordering of the tiger. But instead of me metal tiger cages, man allows his sin to cage him. Humans, or as he would say, man, are like in a tiger cage themselves. But he pushes the metaphor further yeah, than that. Yeah, I was going to say, this would be Sunday school take if you stopped here. However, he decides to just keep on plowing oh, through, yeah. baby. He doesn't stop there because he has a real problem. Heading, bold, type. The gay cage. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. Unless you're into that, which is fine, and we respect that. No, but that's generally totally, speaking. Listen, I am into gay cages if it's consensual, if everyone's in, on board. Yeah. He continues with this very depressing metaphor. Joe also ran for president of the United States and for governor of the state of Oklahoma. He ran as a libertarian with his homosexual orientation as a campaign plank, which doesn't even really build his argument. I just don't know what yeah, that means. Yeah, what, what's your point? Are you saying, like, libertarians can't be gay? Because... Fuck what? you. Yeah. Like, then, he get, it's, it's, then he does spend some time getting into Joe's admittedly fucked up relationship with all the men in his life, yeah. with all of his husbands. And we agree that Joe has what appears to be a toxic relationship with at least two of the three men he's married to in the series. Yeah, it, it is heavily implied, uh, which again, you should take with a grain of salt, but of course. several of these people clearly struggle with addiction. And it's yeah. heavily implied that Joe facilitated that addiction in order to increase their dependence on him and maybe facilitate a relationship with people, uh, at least one of which later goes on to identify as straight. Yeah. And and so I, th I think... It's extremely, it, it's very probable that Joe is a predator. However, what this guy is doing and some other Christians like Bruce Ashford have been doing and have been using this to say, to slut shame and more importantly, gay shame. Joe. Yeah, that's is, the thing. My issue with Joe isn't that he's married to multiple dudes. Yeah, every fucking article that's just like, oh, you know, and they're poly. And it's like, why is that your fucking issue? It's like, just so... He's a predator. That's yeah, a problem. Like, but these guys, I think, are like, you know, like the gays be. Right. Like, it's, well, that's this exactly is a tale the as argument. Old as time for, right. for, for these kind of people. And, to say. and whereas this fucking asshole, I guarantee you, only lo lo loves predators as long as they're presidents of fucking seminaries, yeah, as, long as long as they're in the white fucking house. As long as they got a nice suit on. Like, that uh, is definitely the fucking thing. predation. Thank but you. He basically, this logic would basically say you like look at Donald Trump and be like, straight people be monsters which <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> i mean and, and and i'll say this the show doesn't do that no absolutely not. um and so this asshole continues and i'm not gonna spend a ton of time on this because it's just hateful shit 
But just as cages prevent tigers from being natural tigers, homosexuality destroys the natural state of man. Ugh. Ugh. God. Fuck you, dude. With the natural state, the natural What the order. fuck is up with that? Well, it's just, it's whatever they want it to be. The natural thing is whatever they decide normal is. It's exactly the same as Bruce Ashford being like, these people ain't normal. It is, mm. it is a, a That's well said. incredibly flexible moral law yeah. that can become rigid at exactly the point where it needs to be and then can go back to justifying all of their bad behavior. It's that fluid that if you yeah. hit it, it, it stops. Yes. It's solid. But, you know, then you can just sort of play around in it if you don't take it too seriously. Like, it's a bullshit moral code exclusively designed to uh, keep the other out. Ugh. So true. It's so repugnant. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to finish him up yeah. just because uh, he continues to push the metaphor in classic Christian guy as yeah. Christians compromise on marriage and sexuality. The <sighs> natural habitat of Christian flourishing is disappearing as well. <laughs> I hope you, you motherfuckers are an endangered species. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, you're going to be an endangered species if we ever meet. Oh, satire, man. satire <laughs> in the game. Japes, japes. <laughs> and he ends it. Real conservation efforts for human good are protecting the creational ecosystems of marriage, family, and the common good. Fuck Shut you. the fuck up. We are going to ruin your habitat specifically. Like, this version of Christianity will not be allowed to flourish. I can't if we have anything to say about it. <laughs> Uh, and so here is one of the many reasons, aside from that, that's just enough to know he's worse than Joe Exotic, but his bio kind of pushed me over the edge. <laughs> Father Steve Massius is an Anglican priest in California's Silicon Valley. Ew. Ugh. He lists all of his annoying stuff. He, you know, he's deeply involved in, like, politics, eh, consulting, blah, blah, blah. But what's important here is he is married to Sarah and the father of Athanasius. What? <laughs> Ansel. No. Assumpta. Oh, God. Basil. And what? Zoe. <laughs> Zoe? <laughs> Zoe? <laughs> Zoe gets a fucking halfway normal name? <laughs> you gave you gave someone Athanasius? <laughs> Athanasius and Assumpta. Oh, my God. That... Is grounds for actual murder. Like that <laughs> child at any point can end her father's life and it will, it, no one would ever can. Yeah. And I want to be clear here. I am on the kid's side. Yeah. The kid, I, I feel bad for these children. I, I knew a guy that named his kid Aslan. Yeah, that's right. Similar levels of awful. Just the <laughs> you, word. Can't, you can't name your kid Lion Jesus, bro. No. Like you just can't. Fuck I'm off. sorry. No, and I just want to say, I'm on the kid's side. This isn't about making fun of the children. I feel bad yeah. for the children. No, don't this, do that to your this kids. This is not you okay. Fucking douche. Your name is Steve. You don't have the right to name yeah, your kid your a Sota. Change your fucking name, douchebag. You fucking asshole. Ugh. So, and he, you know, you know that the spiel that he gives whenever yeah. anyone's oh, like, yes. so how'd you pick that name? Yes. Is like 45 minutes long. It's a fucking, fucking sermon. He's pulling out books that he carries around <laughs> with him. They're not small books. They are large books. And well, no, he makes a sum to carry the books. <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> uh, Sumta just has laminated cards she hands out or he hands out to everyone they meet. Just yeah. being like, yep, this is, this is what it is. The only thing I hope is that a Sumta, given that it's obviously not a gendered name. Yeah. Is that Assumpta comes out as non-binary because it would drive Steve fucking insane. Yeah, Steve, Steve would lose it. Uh, poor, poor Assumpta probably just doesn't 
ever walk past a locker. They just know that's not something they can ever do. Well, the short version, their name is Ass. Like, <laughs> poor child. God, no. Again, not laughing at the no, show. No, Fuck not at you, all. you, Steve Macius, Anglican priest of Silicon Valley. So, yeah, we found some half good takes. We found some terrible takes. I think more than anything, I just, please send us all of your Tiger Cake. Tiger King takes. I want yes. every. I want every single <laughs> one of them. I want. I want deep dives. Like I just. I don't know. This thing has been living in my brain. Most totally. most media, you know, that I encounter, mm. you know, a number of weeks ago. Like I'll keep bits and pieces, but this thing is alive and well and growing and flourishing and festering all at once inside of my brain. In a I way, we're escaped. all inside the tiger cage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The gay, with the gay, gay tigers. <laughs> I think that's what I got from that article was that, like, if we don't get out of the cage, we will all be gay tigers. And frankly, that sounds fucking that great. Sounds amazing. Those Hell tigers, are, yeah. tigers are awesome, dude. And we're back. We're going to do some emails. I'm excited. Are you excited? Now, so, here's the thing. I actually am excited because our fans are the best. Yeah, well, I, I just understand. There were, for every email that we read, there were about 15 <laughs> emails that said, go fuck yourself, <laughs> die in a fire, I'm coming to your home to hunt you down, you know, like, <laughs> all of that exists, but we're not here to focus on that. You know what? We're about positivity here at Shitty yeah, This glass is one fifteenth full. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. There is almost a sip. Uh, now let's start with the next one, shall we? Uh, this came from Reese. Uh, Reese said, "Hey, I just started listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It is so refreshing to find other Christians with a similar worldview. Uh, just wanted to tell you that I think you're doing a great job." I don't know what podcast you're listening to, yeah. Reese. He's definitely uh, he's definitely listening to like True and On or something. Yeah, so, so, something else. A now, good podcast, but I still appreciate that he he wrote us that. Yeah, that was very sweet. Thank you, Reese, and also just meeting more people that are in fact like of a mind with the stuff we're talking about that care about these issues that want Christianity to do better. Like that's been really fun. It's been really cool. No, I meet atheists or sometimes like, yeah, Christians should be more like this. And they're sort of pushed, <laughs> pointing of course, a finger in my face, but they're right. So. Of course, uh, <laughs> our bullshit is what an atheist thinks a Christian should be. <laughs> Take, yeah. take that atheist I we're coming for you too you thought you were free <laughs> i subtly think uh, we should reconsider everything <laughs> uh, uh all right so this next email comes from carrie and she says hi guys do you have a patreon or paypal set up that listeners can do donate to if not i recommend getting this thing set up my par partner got me into your podcast and it's great keep it up and then there is an emoji for clapping which is very sweet. Oh, hey, Carrie. Thanks for emailing. <laughs> yeah. Carrie, thank you for the most important email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so like... <laughs> We're going to spend an hour or two on this. Let's really dig in. Don't worry, dear listeners. At some point, we will come begging for your money. Like, I think you know long term with this thing we're definitely looking at doing premium episodes mm -hmm. and getting something yeah. like that set up and uh, i am excited for like the future of this podcast very but much also so. like right now uh if yeah. that is a way that you're feeling like we're in the midst of a crazy crisis and i think we've said yes. this before but you know find a great organization to donate mm -hmm. that to planned that parenthood be, is always good it's always I'm a great always option money to uh, but there are a lot of other relief organizations that could use that right now and if you happen to shoot someone five bucks and 
uh, want to tell us that you did that in our name, I will personally take that as the most good I've ever contributed to the world. I will tell my Catholic <laughs> pro-life gr- grandmother that people out there are donating to Planned Parenthood in my name. Aww. This next one's a little juicier. Ooh. This is actually in reference to uh, one of our episodes, the Protestant Work Ethic episode, where we specifically mention an article from Dr. David Jones, where he mm-hmm. negs us about how we don't love capitalism enough. <laughs> so uh, this was an anonymous email that we received with a little extra information wow. about Mr. Jones. Why don't you read this one, Zach? Guys, I just feel the need to say that Dr. David Jones is very real and is very much an enormous dumbass. <laughs> I forgot we declared him not real. I, I forgot that we were <laughs> like, right. no, this this is like some fucking algorithm. This is not a real person. <laughs> we do that a lot. We don't think most people are real. Deny the humanity of most people. Not we most a- people, most evangelical Christians. <laughs> They, they, they don't help. Our anonymous source says, I had marriage and family class with him in college. Wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck is a marriage and family class? Is that like in third grade when I had to do like health class? Is that, just... is that like Christian sex ed? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you'll know when you know. It's just an old white man ex- explaining to Joe Exotic that his dead brother is not an angel over and over again. He spent an entire semester talking about how even the adultery exception for divorce is not what Jesus meant. Oh, good. I love it when people uh, take words out of Jesus's mouth. <laughs> or just like, no, 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 no. Shh, Jesus, shh. Let Jesus. me, just sit down. I Jesus, got this Jesus, one. Jesus, stop flipping t- tables. Come on, come on. <laughs> These are good money changers. Some, wait, are you anti-business, Jesus? Yeah. Listen, the money trickles down from the money changers. Yeah. These are job creators if we had jobs and not slaves in this time period. <laughs> So he said, that's not what Jesus meant. And there should never be any divorce whatsoever under any circumstances. He made an argument based on the idea that Jesus was seen as a pretty conservative guy. (laughs) Fucking moron. Yeah, that's that's why they strung him up. They strung strung him up for keeping the hard line on conservatism. You know, Jesus Jesus definitely thought going into Iraq was the right idea. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus voted for it both times. Jesus is a small government Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, this this person writes, he was the biggest dumbass that I had as a professor in my entire time in Southeastern. Which is fucking saying something. (laughs) I stopped. The podcast halfway through to say that. I cannot (laughs) emphasize enough how big of a dumbass he was. Oh, God. I love it so much. Uh, (laughs) We'll have to do some more investigation on this guy. But that is incredibly special. But outside of the humor of, like, what a terrible person this guy is, I just, uh, briefly, to be serious. Yeah. Very, very serious to try to take away divorce as an option. Oh, yeah. What do you say to abused people in relationships? Mm -hmm. Like, if your answer is really and genuinely like, oh, just stuck, stick with it, love them till they stop hitting you, then like, fuck you for real. Or what about that dude on an earlier episode who was a pedophile, was a known pedophile, oh, yeah. and and then his wife is like, we should get divorced. Like, yeah, it's it's sacrificial at a certain point. Like it like. Well, it's human sacrifice. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not sacrificial love in the way we think. It, it's it's yeah. just human sacrifice. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's 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 completely poisonous, and I fucking hate that shit. So next coming up is Joshua. Joshua had an email that I think is a really good question that uh, I don't know if we have a great answer for, but I'm excited. I'll read it. 
Uh, he, Joshua says, I have tremendous respect for what you're doing and have enjoyed catching up on your work, although I'll admit it was a little bittersweet hearing your optimism and excitement before the DNC closed ranks behind Joe, knowing what was coming. Amen. Hey, Joshua, I just want to say, man, like that has been tough. I've gotten more than one message from people who've listened to previous episodes being like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's you guys seem so excited for this Bernie guy. And it's uh, like. And it's it's really heartbreaking. <laughs> and he says very sweetly, he's like, it can feel very lonely uh, being mm-hmm. on the left. So you two have been an undeniable bright spot in these dark times. That's very sweet. I don't that's, know if we deserve that, but that's it's very so kind. Sweet. I know he's writing to Joe Exotic, but I'm going to take that <laughs> yeah, compliment. Yeah. Uh, and then he asks, I think, a really great question. He says, I'd be interested in hearing about other bright spots in Christianity and the Christian left more specifically. If you hmm. guys come across anything like that, it can be difficult to find. And I think we all need the morale boost as this year continues to bloom into a shittier flower every day. God, so true. It Damn, is Josh. the worst flower. Way to write. Uh, I think he even wrote this pre-corona. Wow. Uh, which means that he, he was a prophet as well. If there are other media outfits you think run in a similar course to you guys or cool music or anything, I hope you pass it along. We need to get the Christian left more connected and organized. And then uh, he mentioned somebody that he really likes. He wanted to pass on the work of David Benjamin Blower, who's an anti-imperialist Christian artist from the UK. Uh, he does like cool folksy stuff mm-hmm. uh, and very much speaks about violence and commercialism in the modern age. One, thank you so much. That's an amazing email. I think it's a really good question. Mm-hmm. And uh I think as we were reading that, we were both like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the truth is, if, for those of you who have listened to this podcast before, uh, I don't engage a lot with Christian media except with contempt. <laughs> and, and that's because most of it's worthy of contempt. And so finding things that are genuinely good is hard. You know, we, we had in our crappy Christians episode, you know, we mentioned people like Marilyn Robinson, obviously Martin Luther King Jr. But the truth is there's kind of a paucity of this material out there. And, and yeah. I... I would like to turn that back on our dear listeners. I will also try to, you know, dig in a little bit more because the truth is I don't have a whole lot of like quality Christian stuff that isn't like 300 years old or more. Yeah. So I I think for me, like one thing that I have gotten a lot out of is the Magnificast, uh, which is another podcast. It's by a couple academics. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first like checked out their pod, uh, their episode descriptions and their subject matter seemed really academic. And I was immediately like, oh, I am not smart enough for this. Again, Uh, we we don't do books. Yeah, we we do not read. Uh, That's very important to (laughs) We don't read and we don't listen to vegetables podcasts. Um, But... Then I like picked a random episode and hopped in and immediately they were talking about a Reddit post on our Christianity where somebody was concerned because in the new Mario game, Mario possesses other like animals and objects and Koopas <laughs> and stuff. And he was like, this is unacceptable that they like have your hero is possessing other beings. I don't think that's okay. And they were just clowning on it super hard and having a grand old time doing it. I was like, okay, like. These guys do encounter some pretty academic topics, but they do it in a really fun way. And they've got a good vibe. Yeah, they're great. Um, Uh, Another one, Faith and Capital, I've listened to. Mm -hmm. Like, if Magnificast is, like, fun people doing slightly more academic stuff, Faith and Capital is very material conditions-based, whereas we tend to be Mm -hmm. a lot more cultural. Right. Uh, So I think those are, like... We are the cultural Marxists (laughs) your mom told you about. In that we are fictional and don't really exist and (laughs) accomplish nothing. We're we're a myth above all, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We might be. Uh... (laughs) Just a twinkle in Ben Shapiro's eye. 
but yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is a good question. The other space that I have found. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love sojourners, but everybody yeah, knows. Uh, the other space that I found is just like sort of, uh, you know, selfishly and looking to promote this podcast. I found a lot of socialist Christian Facebook groups. That's true. And uh, even like radical Christian like subreddits and mm-hmm. spaces where like there are communities of these people out there digitally, as well as just like some of our closest friends like share yep. a lot of these views. And it's really been valuable to like grow and develop and you know guillotine iron sharpens guillotine iron like you know we're out here for each other (laughs) (laughs) so we got another really interesting email from andrew and andrew was also talking in reference to our protestant work ethic episode yes and uh why don't you tell us a little bit about like it's a long enough email i don't want to read it but uh just sort of summarize first of all it's a great email thanks andrew i love i loved all of the sort of detail and thoughts in it it's really engaging Andrew is sort of writing from the uh, United Kingdom, Scotland specifically, and he asks about the Protestant work ethic because, particularly in the last 20 years since Thatcher, but especially the last 10, it's really accelerated, where Britain had built up this really good welfare state. You know, they had the NHS, they really took care of people, and it it really is the best example of socialism in the English-speaking world. Totally. Still. And sadly, though, after... Thatcher and sort of decades of sort of the Tory sort of running things and uh, labor moving hardcore to the right with Blair and and the like, you have seen just it being just like gutted constantly. Still far better than anything we've ever had in the States. Yeah, even in its crippled state, still. I would take it. In a oh my gosh. I would be weeping for joy if we had the NHS. I would have more heartbeats if I was there. (laughs) I wouldn't have to worry about my family constantly. Like, it, it would be fine. Point is... And so he, what his kind of question is he's asking is like, the Protestant work ethic culturally is being used in some ways as an excuse for for tearing this down. We can't have this thing that cares for our people because people should work hard and then they can provide for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And so his sort of first question, his big question is, is there a way to reconcile a successful welfare state, which you know, takes a lot of buy-in and sort of like people coming together to build it with this sort of being, with this Protestant work ethic and yeah. sort of, and, and being culturally Protestant the way uh, Scotland and Britain still are. And I think that's a phenomenal question. You, you could spend hours answering this question because I think it ties I mean, into- I, I actually can't spend hours because my answer is no, you can't, <laughs> but <Wow>. keep going. <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean, okay, actually I'm going to start with maybe. Okay. Because when you look at the most successful well, well, welfare states in the world, you look at Scandinavia, which is, which is culturally Protestant. Now, they are a different kind than we are here in the English-speaking world. But I do think that you can get it done. I do think in the sort of like Anglophone sphere, we are obsessed with individualism coupled to our Protestant work ethic. It's not just that you work hard. It's not that you just make good things. We have allowed that to be so captured by the interests of capital that they, the nation of dispossessed millionaires here in the States, that I think we have no history, for at, least, at least in America, I can't speak to Britain that well, of any kind of collective action. There's no, we, 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 we hate the idea of collective action. And so yeah. in America, we tie that to something like Protestant work ethic. And they are sort of bound up to the point where I kind of then, at least for America, come to the place where, like, I don't know. Britain, maybe, because Britain has a history of it, at least. Britain what like has done lots of good socialist shit. And so maybe they'll come back around. But in the States, I, I, I struggle not to be black-pilled about it because there's not even a history of it. 
And that's kind of a long discursive answer. For me, the Protestant work ethic always was and has been a grift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying like all great grifts, there is something true in it. Sure. To like invest into the best of your ability to work hard. Like these are not inherently bad things. But the Protestant work ethic mm-hmm. has always been designed around the idea, like we talked about in our episode, of mm-hmm. sanctifying work. Yeah. Whatever you do, just do it super fucking hard mm-hmm. and then you'll be okay. And it's a lie. And it's always been a lie. And it's it, it has always been used to exploit. And so I for me, like I don't see the value in trying to reconcile those things. Sure. Like all terrible internet socialists, I just want to tear it down. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I just really struggle to see the value of it. And and again, this is maybe, as you said, speaking from an overly Americanized perspective sure, where I've seen it being used as a weapon over and over and over again. But like when I hear Protestant work ethic, I hear, uh, you know, the same people that are talking about welfare queens you know how how my tax dollars being used so that other mm. people don't have to work yeah i think you know i think you're right yeah you said you were worried about being blackpilled but i i think the reality is like the protestant work ethic is blackpilled yeah like the protestant work ethic it, it's only intention is to harm uh, yeah is where i'm coming from now i am open to the idea that that's a very modern interpretation of its sure. usage and that there are other versions of this but as we saw when Weber wrote about it like that's what he was saying is like hey you couldn't make people work harder because they didn't need to so we had to construct this whole theology of work Mm -hmm. that like made more a reasonable thing to attain instead of a problem uh so for me it 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 was broken from the jump and it it's caused great harm but I love I I do love that question. It's, an incredible it's something question. it's something I'm going to continue because, chewing on because Andrew, I, if you have any thoughts yourself, please share with us. But yeah, or anyone else um, who's listening, I think it's a it's a really fascinating one because it does attempt to reconcile the world as it is with the world as we want it to be, yes. and that is something that uh, you know again, internet socialists not always the best at. We just <laughs> see the world we want. Um, so with that, let's get to the last one okay. that we have, which I think is a really interesting one. Uh, it's from our Jeremy Camp episode. Yes. And a buddy of mine, the people's Nick, choice. shout outs, Nick, uh, he talked about an experience he had where Jeremy Camp came to Liberty University. Awesome. To promote, I still believe, before it came out and made his current wife sing, I still believe with him. Oh, goodness. The song that is all about how he's going to use his dead wife to get famous and laid. Also, and laid. Also making his current wife um, sing with him. The look of anguish on her face as Nick speaking was so upsetting. And she was kind of vocal about how uncomfortable she was with this movie existing. Basically, fuck Jeremy Camp and please never stop doing this podcast. <laughs> it's very sweet. Um, and so, oh, fuck Jeremy Camp. <laughs> uh, truer words. Truer words, dear listener. Uh, so with all that to say, uh, one, apologies for taking so long to get this stuff. Thank you, everyone who took the time to write us. Yes. You can reach out to us in a couple different ways. Uh, you can head over to shittychristians.com where we have an email uh, submissions thing. You can email us at crappychristians at gmail.com because Google is dumb and doesn't let you have curse words in your name. Ugh. Lame. Uh, <laughs> or you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I am at Michael Tabor. I'm at Zachary underscore Allard. Or you can follow the pod at, at shitty underscore pod. So with that, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, if I can ask you to do two things. It's dismantle capitalism from the ground up and rate and review us on iTunes. This has been Shitty Christians. Put your hands in the soil. 
feel the groan and feel the joy or sit with the hurt stare into the dirt occupy the bandstands gather lost citizens climb down your pyramids relinquish your privilege welcome strangers to your table as though they were angels make space for the spent feel the lament break your vows to the powers plant trees and grow flowers share the resources free all the horses all seasons put your hands in the soil and feel the growth can you feel the joy and be still and be still